Welcome into another edition of the Rivals Hoops with Rob Cassidy podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by the man himself, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? It is going, man. It's uh, it's good. We get a chance to see a certified freak of nature last night. You and I both watched, and that was exciting. And, uh, you know, things are good. I'm headed towards a weekend. A weekend yeah. home for the first time in, like, a month. Congratulations. I look forward to you losing a bunch of money on uh, football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the one thing about working every day of your life is it gives you less time to gamble your life savings away on football games you don't know anything about. All right, real quick, I want to remind everyone, this is a weekly podcast now. We need you to lock in, tap in, subscribe. You can watch the show on YouTube. We uh, have the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a review. Please keep coming back. We'll keep doing more episodes. Now, Rob mentioned it right off the top. I texted him yesterday and said, hey, we got to watch this game tonight. Uh, Victor Wembenyama, I think is how you say it. Against exactly Scoot, how you say it. Against Scoot Henderson. One versus two at next year's draft, pretty much already settled. We don't know what to expect. We want to see what this guy looks like. And we saw it. And he looked pretty <laughs> good, I said. He looked like nothing I've ever seen before. I called him Chet, Chet Holmgren Premium. Because it's essentially what he is, right? He's like Chet Holmgren, but you get no ads. And you get a bunch of extra features that you don't get in regular Chet Holmgren. With features such as weight and better ball handling. <laughs> I mean, he just he really is a 7-3 point forward. Uh, that, in my opinion, is a no. Unless he gets hurt badly, I can't see a world in which he's not the first pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, Chet Holmgren plus uh, exclusive content. <laughs> he'll DM. He'll DM with you twice or with two messages. <laughs> Sign up and see all of my exclusive content on Chet Holmgren plus. Yeah, you know he's like you said. He's he's bigger than Chet. I would say Chet is a better defender. Now he did it. Wembenyama had five blocks in the game. So people are going to see that and say, oh, he had five blocks. You know, he's a great defender, just like Serge Ibaka. But uh, in reality, he's obviously got some work there to do if you're going to pick, if you're going to nitpick, right? Yeah, he's not as aggressive as, you know, some other bigs are, some American bigs. And that could be, you know, and maybe this is stereotyping. It could be a product of the international game. He seems a little timid on the defensive end. Uh, but that seems pretty easy to fix when, when confidence grows because then I think his confidence is going to go quickly when he realizes that, you know, there's nothing in the NBA quite like him. Uh, and I don't think that'll be a problem long term. Yeah, I was really impressed. Obviously, the, the clip that everybody was talking about early on in the game when he, he dribbles the ball up and, you know, he kind of is initiating the offense as a ball handler. Pretty impressive. I mean, he he moves very fluidly. And this is one of the things, I've, if we look back, prior to you essentially taking over the basketball role, you were so out on bowl bowl from the first <laughs> First time I saw him. Right. You, said, you said, there's no way. This kid will never play ever. He's going to get hurt immediately, blah, blah, blah. Now, he was sort of – he crawled so Victor could walk here because he was a fluid ball-handling guy at over seven feet tall. He was, but he didn't move. I don't really know how to explain it. You can kind of look at these guys sometimes and be like, eh, that looks like a back injury waiting to happen. Like, you know, you can see it coming with him. You can see it coming with like a Greg Oden type. Webin Yama looks more like, I don't know, solid is the word, or put together, or I, I guess sturdy. I, sturdy. Let's go with sturdy. <laughs> he looks sturdier than a lot of those guys. Like, yeah, he's skinny, and yeah, he needs to put on weight, but he's 
not built like Chet, and he doesn't look as disjointed as Bull Bull did. He actually looks like a, a regular human, you know. Now his feet are a little bit weird, like him, <laughs> but he looks like a normal human being. Yeah, speaking of premium content, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that we saw his dogs. Yeah, yeah. please pay for Levinyama's feet pics. We'll send them to you. We'll put them in the, we'll put them in the premium for the show. So you mentioned his kind of his the sturdiness, his frame. He looks like. And you can't even complete. Here's the thing: is like people now we view Giannis as like this freak of nature. You look back at Giannis's rookie year; he looks looks like some skinny dork. He doesn't. He, he's grow. He grew taller and thicker. I think Wembenyama's easily got a frame that he's not going to have a hard time gaining weight. Like we know, Chet had Chet's. People think that Chet doesn't try to gain weight. Actually, I saw a TikTok he posted of himself like you know, essentially mocking people that say like, Hey, you should just gain weight. Like he's not, <laughs> I think this guy, I mean, to me, to me, even if he were to get hurt, it's a no brainer. Number one, I, you just have to take the chance on the absolute freak factor. You I see- think the only, the only way that that's not true is if it's like a weird back injury and then you've got a seven, three guy with a hurt back and then you start thinking, okay. But other than that, you're right. Even if it's like a knee or something, I still probably take him one. Well, and of course, you know, people who didn't know who he was 90 minutes before the game started on Twitter were immediately like, he should shut it down. Why is he playing? Get it down. So you're going to hear that from now until uh, the draft, right? That he shouldn't be. Why is he walking? He should be in a wheelchair. He can risk injury, you know, like that's where we're going. One of those scooters, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So. Uh, let's now speaking of scooters, let's talk about Scoot Henderson. Nice. The person <laughs> number two overall pick. Now I live here in Atlanta. A lot of people who, who play with Scoot go to my gym. They talk about him, the dog factor off the charts. I think we saw that immediately. Like he was rearing and ready to go and he was going to go at Victor right away. Listen, he is a dude where you watch him. You don't really even need to know anything about him. You could like set me in a gym somewhere in Idaho with a bunch of kids and be like, one of these kids is really good from Atlanta. Which one is it? I would be like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and he just plays. I mean, he's got that chip. He likes to talk. He's kind of surly. He's just like a, an Atlanta dude, which I appreciate. And, you know, I think he's a blast. He's, he's not going to be number one as long as Chet Holmgren Premium is around. But, he, you know, he'd be number one a lot of years, I think. And he's just... He's gotten better shooting the ball. Uh, last night he was coming screens and just pulling up. <laughs> and he wasn't doing that when I saw him, you know, when he was in high school, the, the few times I got to see him before he turned pro. Uh, he's kind of added that to his game. He's a pretty good facilitator. He gets end to end quickly. There's not a lot he can't do. Uh, he, he might be able to, you know, he's a good defender. He's got the motor to do it anyway. He'll have to come a long way as far as not gambling and staying disciplined on that end of the court. But he plays hard enough to be a willing defender at least. Yeah, we saw at the end of the game. I mean, I think you might have dozed off, so I sent it to you overnight. Uh, where he he decided that he was going to try to dunk on uh, Victor, and it didn't work, and he fell to the floor pretty hard. You could have called a foul. I could have called a foul on that play personally. Uh, Listen, that's the Atlanta, though. Right? He's going to. He was always going to try it. Right. He was going to try to get his shot, and I love it because I've told people. You know, when I'm at, I don't go to anywhere near as many events as you do, obviously, but we're, we've been robbed of the joy of two years of Scoot Henderson viral videos of him dunking on people and yelling at people and stuff like that at yeah. AAU events, right? It's too bad. You know, he really, Peach Jam would have really been his stage to shine to, to dunk on some high related prospect and then spend the next like 
three minutes mouthing at him running back. Right. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I would have just loved that. A lot of I'm him, you know, we need yeah, to hit yeah. myself. I'm, I'm him slime. <laughs> right. Uh, so we missed that. So I was glad that the world got to see him because, you know, the basketball world, at least, I'm sure. I, it, I did feel like a lot of people were watching that game. Now, I was needling a lot of my friends like, hey, we got to watch this. Hey, we got to watch this because we, we need to see what this guy's all about. So it was a fun watch. I think Scoot's going to make somebody very happy. And I think this is going to end up being one of those drafts where you mentioned the Odin Durant year you know, where, where both teams felt happy. I feel like if you have the number two pick, you're going to be happy getting Scoot Henderson. So right? what's going to be the fake controversy is what I want to know. There's got to be a fake my teams are going to pretend or they don't want to take Victor. And is it going to be his weight? Are they going to find like some intangible thing to make up? Like there's going to be something, right? Because it's not just going to be a smooth sandwich that everyone picked. There's going to be, a disjointed month or so there where people are like, well, I don't know. It's going to be fake and hilarious. I just want to know what the basis of it is. My guess would be that at least the people who make that argument will be his stats because for whatever reason, EuroLeague play and the, these guys who play in Europe, especially younger, you got go look at Luca's stats. It's like, oh, he averaged nine points a game. And you're like, how? <laughs> but the pace of play is slower. The style of play is different. And it's they just share like, the ball. Right. Oh, like, the sometimes you want to shake them and be like, dude, just score. Like, right. I, what is this? I play with a lot of Euros and the the uh and even I had a friend who had, had moved here from Greece and we went to play and he wasn't shooting. Like he was like passing up open shots to pat make an extra pass. And I remember just cussing at him. <laughs> I, I did take him to LA Fitness where he commented, you know famously i think we've used several times like this is not basketball this is a circuit it's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong because people you know were fighting over the score <laughs> mid-game stuff this, like that so. the biggest shock that i ever had when i moved from dallas to miami years ago was i had a good group of guys that i played like three times a week with at la fitness in dallas and it was like an old fireman and his son and like some other guys and we got pretty close and we'd have drinks after playing sometimes i got to miami and it was like a fist fight every single day i had to quit i was like, i can't i cannot sit here with these people punching each other in the la fitness like it's so that was my retirement from pickup well, that's what people don't realize is like people will often ask me, oh, why are you playing in Atlanta? I'm like, you don't understand. For me to go play basketball in Atlanta, it's like a three-act a three -act play. I have to go there, <laughs> not get picked to play. I have to call next and then somehow get that stolen. Oh, no, you didn't have next. There was four other people in front of you. Then I have to pick someone on the court who I know that I'm better than, and I have to attack them verbally. For sure, you to, have to, to establish like, some kind of. You can't be. Right. You can't be the low man on the totem pole. Right, you'll get eaten alive. So I have to say, you picked up him instead of me. Come on, you know. So I have to do yeah. that, and then I get. And then he's gonna foul. And then that guy's gonna foul you hard as hell. So you gotta be ready for that. I mean, you're gonna get smashed. Right, and then if that, I yeah. if I don't make my first shot, I'm not touching the ball again ever. So. <laughs> You know, you're talking. That's an hour right there, just See, to get you on the. You come to Dallas and you play with you know Fireman Ed or whatever and his kid, who were just cool. And you know there was like some other guy who was there every week, and we all knew each other, and there was no fighting. Right. Those days are over. Those days are gone. All right, moving on. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, definitely uh, interesting. We're gonna be, they, they play again on Thursday. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so some people might be listening to this after. So uh, we'll see how part two goes. Uh, London Johnson. In the news, he decides to go the G League route. 
we've talked about this a little bit with Scoot, who was one of the guys who left really early, t- taking basically two years to go to the G League. I said, I said to you and Travis, I haven't heard much about this guy. What's the deal? And you basically said, well, it's been a, it's been a foregone conclusion that he was going to go pro. Yeah, and he kept shut it down. You know, he was really, really good on last year's summer circuit. He didn't play a lot this summer um, for whatever reason. I think mostly because he kind of knew where he was headed. Uh, so we haven't really gotten to see the development. We were high on him, though. You know, he's a highly ranked kid. And he probably would have been an even higher ranked kid if he didn't drop some spots just because we moved people in front of him just because we saw them more, you know. Uh, I think he's definitely got a chance to be an effective pro. Now, he's not a Scoot Henderson type. You know, he's not. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be the number one or two pick in the draft. Uh, but he's going to change. I think you'll probably see him in NBA conversations in, in the year ahead. So is he going now, or is he playing his senior year of basketball at Norcross or wherever? I assumed, and I, I don't know this for a fact, I assumed he'll play his senior year in Georgia. Um, but, I, I mean, I guess he could go now. I, I didn't really read into it uh, anything last night. I just put this thing that went pro in the database and went about my day because I had Jizz James to cover and everything else happening yesterday. So – when and just to give people a peek behind the curtain, when someone goes pro, now when we look back at LeBron, he was the number one overall player. We've kind of changed that, right? And he keeps his stars, but isn't in a numerical ranking. Is that right? Or how are we that's doing? how we've done it, and we might have to go back. I mean, if they get rid of the one and done thing, then I, I don't know. And with overtime coming up, it's kind of a flux. Rivals is kind of in flux when it comes to rankings on that front because of how uncertain things are. There's all these new pro leagues popping up, and so internally. Uh, Derek, my boss, and I, and Travis, who's our our other national basketball guys, kind of had these conversations where we might have to change and just continue to leave these pro kids in the rankings. But then how do you evaluate a kid? Let's say he goes overseas and turns pro. Then what? You know, I'm not going to – Rivals doesn't have the budget to send me to Turkey, you know, to to watch one kid play basketball. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do. Uh, it's, It's a conversation that we need to reckon with, though, I think. Well, the problem that a lot of people don't realize is the reason we do the rankings is to give fans context of the players going to their schools. So yeah, Rivals.com is a is a, a media company for college basketball fans. Right, right. And college, yeah, and, and college football fans. So when a guy's not going to play college basketball to us, it's sort of like, all right, well, then. And, that, and that's how you have the same thing in football where it's like, why wasn't Cooper Cup ranked? It's like, well, we rank fbs football prospects he was not deemed one by the coaches who make these decisions yeah, we, ne- we never saw him like right. nobody ever called us and said you got i got a guy here in cooper cup you know, it's like, we don't know the kid exists we cannot rank the kid right so that's something we'll have to keep we'll have to keep thinking about um as as we go along but yeah it's definitely he's a talented player we'll see how it goes for him uh at the next level now one thing i want to talk about real quick we'll give a short show this week we had in the news, of course, uh, Amani Bates. Uh, we had the situation where he was pulled over and arrested or charged, you know, however it went down. And, of course, this led to the think pieces of, oh, was there too much pressure put on him, yada, yada. And then I came across that Masterclass article where we had him ranked number one ahead of, and then you didn't do this. This was before your time. Uh, ahead of two, I think I said two, two number one picks, two, yeah. two number two picks. So it, it was before my time. And I'd like to point out that the first thing I did when I took over was drop a body. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, you were viewed as, a, even I was like, I don't know, Rob. I mean, he seems <laughs> supposed to be like LeBron. Are you sure that he's not number one? 
uh, yeah, he just had a rough summer that summer, and it was clear if you watched him that he just he didn't develop the way. Now, I don't know that blaming the media, like, did they play a part? Should they put him on Sports Illustrated as the next LeBron James when he was a sophomore in high school? No. But, like, lots of kids get hyped up, and they don't ride around with guns. Like, well, I, I don't like, it, it's really hard to draw a direct line. I think there is, yes. Hyping him up the way it enabled him and the people around him to do a lot of things and get away with a lot of things that kind of led to some issues, sure. But drug is a direct line from rivals hype or media hyped him up to got arrested is, is failed at Memphis, got arrested is tough. That's not a direct line. Like I, you can't just like pile it on ESPN because they were the ones that were kind of leading this charge, you know, in Sports Illustrated to an extent. It, it, lots of kids get hyped up. It's not unique to Imani Bates. <laughs> Well, so the thing that, and we don't know, like, the, you know, to me, it's like, oh, if he borrowed someone's car, I really don't, I mean, to me, that's not like, I'm not clutching my pearls over that. I'm sure he will, I wish we had Lackford on the show to talk about, you know. No, how, and, who, and who cares? Like, it's right. like he shot somebody. But at the right. same time, it's like, you gotta be a little smarter here, kid. Right, well, totally. And he's back in his hometown. The thing that I think a lot of people forget is that he should be entering his freshman year of college right now. And he reclassified. It was obviously not a good decision. It didn't work out. Now he's at Eastern Michigan. And one of the things that, you know, cause you and I, since our hands are clean, I love to needle the uh, respective basketball media who did <laughs> said hyping uh, behind the scenes. One of the things that his dad put him on a team where he was, but yeah, it was all about him and he didn't learn how to play. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, okay. LaMelo ball was literally in like Lithuania when he was like 14. And then he was in Australia and New Zealand. And then he was in a high school in Ohio. It's like the cream rises to the top. There's no, but listen, there's, there's a lot more Twitter retweets to get by saying it's all the media's fault because that's as relatable a statement as anybody. I mean, if you put that out there, everybody's going to agree with you because that's the boogeyman, right? Is how the media did this having a nuanced take that says oh the media probably didn't do him any favors but there were these 13 factors that played into the downfall of monty bates isn't as consumable so you know if you just say hey media hyped him up you know three hundred thousand retweets coming your way i mean that's just how the world works and everybody's aware of it well, <laughs> it's an easy take we were going through that list so here's here's what i think people need to kind of slow their roll on patrick baldwin who had the worst season ever last year playing for his dad uh, was a first round pick by the Warriors this year. You know what I mean? So it's like if Amani Bates has a good season uh, at Eastern Michigan, he will be a first round pick based solely off of, you know, the pedigree potential. right, and the potential because what might hurt him is he, you know, some of his testing numbers uh, at Memphis's pro day were not great. Um, you know, there's, there's some other basketball related things that, uh, are alarm that are right, but it's, for him. so it's like yes the media whipped yes there's other factors in play but it's just like <laughs> excuse me for you know the uh navel gazing of media to say that media is to blame <laughs> you know, like, well, it's also like <laughs> it, the media is to blame for mamani Bates, but not for like ryan leaf like we pick and choose which right which which spectacular bust is to blame that's to blame the media so anyway, I hope that, you know, now I hope he gets the obviously the legal stuff settled. I hope he gets a shot to play and show what he can do and see if he has improved because you and I both know there are, there's been lots of guys like even yesterday I was watching football and 
Jack Jones on the Patriots had like the game of his life, had a pick six against Aaron Rodgers. He was a five-star in 2016, and he's a rookie in the NFL. It's like seven years later, six, seven years later. He got in trouble. He righted the ship, and the talent is still there. You know, like yeah, and that's the other thing that people need to remember too is like Amani Bates didn't rob a bank or beat up a woman or something. Like he just wrong place, wrong time. Maybe made it this bad decision or two, but like it's not like he's a violent criminal here. He should definitely get another chance to show what he can do. I don't think that this is the end of Amani Bates. At least it shouldn't be. I don't think. I think he should. I think by all means, he should get a chance to show what he can do here. All right, so uh, that basically wraps it up on the basketball talk. You were in Dallas this weekend. You got any uh, Rob's Tales from the Road you want to share with us? Uh, it was a pretty quiet weekend. I just basically went to and from uh, the basketball arena. It was a really nice event. And that Wooten camp down there is always good. Um, that's, uh, you know, not really. You know, I've noticed that a lot of people in Dallas, like the hipster crowd in Dallas, is starting to wear wrestling shirts again. That's gone in and out. Like the, you start seeing people in like '90s wrestling clothes now. Where when I was a kid, if you wore '90s wrestling clothes, it, it, it stopped being cool. Uh, but now you can wear them ironically, and it makes you the cool kid. Well, you don't listen. Let me tell you, as someone who's at a lot of events, all these you know shooters will show up to these games, and it's like you know wearing a Leah. You know, we got a Leah. Uh, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. wrestling. We got John we got Cena, a, a lot of John Cena gear. Right, we got them all, and I actually, uh, actually had one of them remark to me that that uh, they deemed that I wasn't racist because I don't try hard to look cool. So <laughs> <laughs> that is the most incredibly backhanded compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that. Though. Yeah, so that uh, yeah, I take that from uh, so that was from Saucy, you know. So uh, big shout to Saucy. Uh, <laughs> that's the other thing is. Uh, all these people who are, you know, content creators, basically videographers and photographers have monikers now. So I need to come up with one and get my own merch and uh, they got their own logos. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, who am I to bad mouth the youth of today? Right. Shout out to Saucy. Shout out to, to iSmooth here in Atlanta. <laughs> one of my guys. Uh, Who's our guy? Know, Kid hey, Rhino. Kid Rhino, who works for us. Yeah. Got yeah. his own... Uh, Name. Now, I don't know what mine would be. I did think about making one like a logo with my hat, you know, like a shadow, like the, uh, the floppy hat. Yeah, like the with the safari hat. So I got to work on that. And then I, then I could put it on my own clothes uh, and only wear clothes. Would, if we're going to like sum up your essence, though, it's going to have to have a cuss word in your moniker. Um, <laughs> and that's it's going to be tough to mock it. But like, it, it seems almost <laughs> silly to have a moniker for you that doesn't feature the F word or at least the K, the CS word. Yeah, CS is probably my number. <laughs> I mean, if anyone who does an impression of me, that would be the word that. Yeah. Uh, that comes out the most for sure. So anyway, big shout to the shooters out there. Let me tell you something about Dallas. Uh, last time I was there real quick, we got to figure out how to make hot chicken. Okay. Because where I'm from here, okay. Hot chicken originates in Nashville. The way you do it is the spices go into the breading and the, like the flour, and then it's cooked in there. Right. Yes. I went to this place in Dallas, famous hot chicken place. We'll put it that way. Lying down the street to get in there. They take a big ass chicken breast, fry it like a chicken tender. Then they like dry rub the hot 
seasoning on there. It's like, that's not how you make it. This is like, what is this, shake and bake? This is horrible. The other thing is we need a scale because like in most places in the, in the South, the mild is pretty hot and the medium is scorching. Like the place yeah. that we went to and got hot chicken by your house in Atlanta, it, it wasn't hot at all. Right. And in other places where you're not in the South, it's not hot at all. So you don't really know what you're walking into here. So, <laughs> I mean, anywhere you go, it's like rolling the dice. And then you ask the guy behind the counter, he doesn't know, is, is the medium hot? Oh, it's got some spice. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, that doesn't mean nice. anything. And then you order it and either it's flavorless or it sets your face on fire. And there's no in between. One of the we issues need a scale. I'm, one of the issues I'm having too with the hot chicken or the way they're making it that way is the chicken is not, it's coming out almost like, it's too hard or it's too chewy. Didn't we go somewhere? I'm trying no, to remember. The place by your house was a disaster. It was like dry and hard and not spicy. I don't know. what was No, it we threw on? it away. We ended up throwing away. What place? What was that? I, pay, I paid for a t-shirt. They didn't give me the t-shirt. Oh, that's right. That's You're talking yeah. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it was so bad that I threw mine away. Yeah. Uh, and, maybe, and I got, it was like, add a t-shirt to your value meal for five bucks. And I did it. And they didn't give me the shirt. Yeah, I don't was, want the shirt now. But that was real rough. So uh, I won't say the name of the place, but it's a, a Nashville-related pun, uh, and it's literally walking distance from my house. And it was a part of Rob and I are co comedy of errors trying to get food that weekend at multiple <laughs> multiple stops. You have Womack Law coming into play, but you combine Womack Law with Atlanta customer service, and it's going to be a long weekend. <laughs> All right, so hot chicken. I I still will say party foul in nashville is my favorite hot chicken i do like uh hattie b's of course you know which is a chain now and then gus's which we went to in memphis last time we were there still the best but the problem is now gus's is a chain too and it's like there's one in new orleans there's one in. i like prince i like prince's in nashville but oh, yeah. it, that is one where you better be careful ordering the medium <laughs> uh I, I don't even want to know what the hot tastes like i get the medium and I, it was good but man i felt it for a while all right, so Rob's got a tight schedule, so we will not have the podcast him and I do exclusively on the Commitment Issues feed where we talk about stuff like hot chicken. Uh, so be sure to, to, to lock in here. Like we said, uh, subscribe, watch the show on YouTube, leave us a review. We need it uh, badly as we're trying to get this thing off the ground. Rob, you can follow Rob on Twitter. Of course, you can follow our rivals, Hoops Accounts, and uh, we'll be back with another episode next week, right, Rob? Uh, yeah, we will. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later.